Um, have, I don't know if you ever experienced this. I, obviously, we have uh, several kids, four, if you lost count. Sometimes we do. Um, but when they were little, especially the little ones now, they would come up and they would do things like, like, hey, dad, when I do this, it hurts my finger. I'm like, well, stop bending it backwards, son, and it'll quit. Anybody ever experienced that with a nephew or a child or like, hey, when I jump off the couch, I keep hurting my hip. I'm like, well, quit jumping off. Right, like you have a choice in this. It's almost like they thought like, the couch is doing it to me. My finger is bending back automatically. Like I have no choice in this. I'm just at the whim of life. So I'm gonna live my little life being hurt all the time because I have no way to change it. Are y'all with me? And, and what I always tell them is quit it. Why? Because I'm trying to communicate, you have a choice in the matter. I think sometimes we live life this way, that whatever the circumstance is, it's just gonna dictate how we feel. Whatever, whatever the situation is, and there's just nothing we can do to it. And I'm afraid sometimes we relegate the, the joy we have in life or we relegate the peace that we have in life or, or we relegate what we pursue in life based on circumstances. And, and so we become like, like the pinball machine. We're the little ball. Life is pulling back the lever. Hello, somebody. Y'all remember these? I'm going old school, right? You pull back the lever and the little pinball is just like, and we kind of live life like that. And it's, it's the, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but, but we get the diagnosis and it's like, and we, and we get the betrayal and it's like, and somebody speaks negative about it. It's like, we're just a little pinball machine bouncing all through life, letting just the whatever hit us and knock us all around. And I just want to declare that you don't always have control of what happens, but you have a hundred percent control of how you respond to what happens. You don't always have control. And that's just the reality of life. Life happens. I don't always have control of, of the relationships in my life. I don't always have control of the circuit. I don't have control of some things in my life, but I do have control of how I respond to those. In other words, chaos can be going on all around me, but chaos doesn't have to be going on inside of me. I have the choice of how I handle the chaos on the outside and whether or not allow that to get on the inside. If you're tracking with me, say amen. amen. And so you have a choice of whether or not you choose joy or you choose to allow life to just infiltrate every area and every perspective and every feeling and everything in your life. You have a choice in that matter. You have a choice on how you respond. And I understand I'm not downplaying the issues. Hear me. I'm not downplaying how overwhelming. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not downplaying how, how debilitating sometimes it can feel. I understand that. I'm not downplaying how, how dark it can feel and, and how hopeless and how helpless that you can feel in some moments when life is pressing down on you. I'm not downplaying that, but I'm just saying is that those things may be great, but my Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I love that the Bible says greater is he. In other words, he's not saying the issues aren't great. He's not saying the challenges aren't great. The Bible isn't downplaying. The Bible isn't just like a get over it book. Are y'all following me? Jesus isn't just like, well, head, well, well suck it up and do better. Not, he's not to just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I think the Bible in saying it is acknowledging that diagnosis is great and that pain is great and that frustration is great and that losing the job, that's a great, that's a big deal. And going through what you're going through, that is a big deal. But the Bible reminds us that is great, but greater Greater is he that is in me 
Greater is, not is he that is outside, not greater that he's in the cosmos. I think sometimes we get that. Greater is he that is in the universe. Greater is he that, that flung the stars into existence. No, the Bible is saying greater is he that there is something on the inside of me. There is the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. So greater... Hello, church. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he than he is that is in the world. In other words, there is a superpower on the inside of you. I wonder if this is why the Bible said in Psalms 23, the psalmist said, he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. In other words, there is a power that comes from God that can allow me while enemies are all around me and you can fill in the blank on what that represents, what that challenge is, what that struggle is. But he says, in the presence of my enemy, I can pull up, open up my Chick-fil-A, not on Sunday. <laughs> Have you ever thought about this? Whenever you lack peace, whenever you're in turmoil, it seems like eating's the last thing you wanna do. I love how the scripture goes, even in the presence of my enemies, you prepare a table before me. I can sit down with some collard greens. I can sit down with some fried chicken. Come on, somebody. This is, this is what'll be about the marriage supper of the lamb. I can sit down with some cream corn. No broccoli. Why would God have that there? He's a loving God. Why would he put that on your plate? No kale. That's from hail. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That's just how you say it in Tennessee where I grew up for all of our family churches. Kale. Hail. It's a two-syllable word. That's what they would tell you where I went to church. You're going to hail. I was like, I thought God determined that. I didn't know you did. Anyways. I'm not saying it's hard, but I'm saying greater is he that is in you. And there's many choices that you can make in the direction of joy, that you're not helpless and you're not hopeless and you're not powerless to choose joy in your life. And I, I don't know what'll happen this year. I, I, can't, I can't read into your future and say, this is gonna be the greatest year you've ever had. I don't know. But I do know this, you can choose joy no matter what this year throws at you. That you can choose joy I'm not talking about happiness that is based on the circumstances. I'm not talking about happiness that is based on whether or not the vacation's gonna work out or not or whether the kids behave or not. I'm not talking about that. Happiness will come and go. I'm talking about joy that is unspeakable and full of the glory of God is what you can choose this year. And there's a lot of things you could choose that lead to joy. You know, the choice to be grateful leads to joy. Gratitude leads to joy. Gratitude is like the gateway drug to joy. Hello, y'all with me? The Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Gratitude will take you into the presence of God. And in the presence of God, the Bible says there is fullness of joy. If you need a hit of joy, you need a hit of the presence of God. If you're like, right now, I just need some joy, then you need to enter God's presence. And in his presence, there is fullness. There's not a half-baked joy. There is fullness of joy found in the presence of God. If you need joy, then gratitude is the gateway there. You know what else is a gateway there? It's praise. 
Hebrews talks about, I'll praise you with the fruit of my lips. In other words, praise is external. In other words, I've got to open my mouth to praise. In other words, whenever I'm lacking joy, maybe, maybe you don't need to do it at the office. They may think you lost your mind, but maybe you need to get in your car or you need to go into the bathroom where it's a single stall and you can lock it and nobody else is in there. And you just need for a moment to just be like, I'm just gonna open my mouth. I praise you that you're holy and I praise you that you're good and I praise you that you're righteous and I praise you that you're long suffering. And I pray, and I tell you, something will begin to change on the inside of you as the fruit of your lips declare the praises of God, as Hebrews says. Praise is a great way to get the joy. Prayer is a great way to get the joy. There's a, there's a lot of different ways to, to get to joy. I want to tell you something that you should avoid, some kill joys you should avoid. Some of you are like, I live with them. I can't avoid them. <laughs> I'm not talking about people. We'll deal with that throughout the year. Can I tell you, sin is a killjoy. Anytime we're trying to do life our way and not God's way, man, it leads down a path of killing our joy. You know what one of the biggest killers of joy is, is selfishness. I was talking with one of our staff members this week and he's like, Pastor, I got this book that you need to read before you do that series on joy. I'm, I'm gonna do that in May. And uh, he said, it's, it's, a, it's like theology and a, and a scientist that talk about joy. And the scientist said the opposite of joy in the human mind isn't actually like depression. The opposite of joy is narcissism. Isn't that fascinating? Because it's hard to have joy when you are 100% focused on yourself. What I'm experiencing, what I'm feeling, what they're doing to me, what they said about me, what they had about that will kill your joy in a second. But I want to give you three choices that you can make that will give you joy this year. If you're a note taker, I want you to write these down. If not, go ahead and write them down. Tell them, Fredericksburg, if you're not a note taker, write it down. If you are, go ahead and what? Write it down. That's right. Number one, number one, there's one, one choice you can make. Number one choice you can make is to see beyond what happened. I can make the choice to see beyond what happened. I'll take you to Philippians chapter one. I want you to hear what the apostle Paul said. Paul's in prison. And he says, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. I love this. What has happened to me has actually, what has happened to me has actually. Paul says, I'm, I'm gonna choose to look beyond what happened. Can I tell you something? There's what's happened and then there's what's actually happening. Every time in your life, you gotta get this revelation. Come on, Louisville, Hampton, you gotta get this revelation. Is there is what is happening and then there's what's actually happening. There's what you see in the natural. There's what you see moving around. There's what you see and you don't understand. There's what you see and what you're complaining about. You see and you're frustrated about. And then there is what is actually happening. There is what is happening in the supernatural because we serve the God that is working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so there's what's happening and then there's what's actually happening. If you want your joy killed this year, then get your eyes fixed on what is happening. Get your eyes fixed on the betrayal. Get your eyes fixed on they talk bad about you. 
Get your eyes fixed on the diagnosis. Get your eyes fixed on what's happening at the work. And this boss and that person, but if you would just zoom out a little bit, get your camera and zoom out a little bit. Hello, somebody. And you would go, God, help me to see what is actually happening. Help me to see what you're doing in the supernatural. God, you're always working things together for my good. So help me see how you're gonna re- remove this from my life. You're gonna insert this in my life. God, you're gonna do something for my good in this. Paul goes, what actually happened to me was for the gospel to be advanced. I thought it was prison, but it was a bigger ministry. I thought it was prison, but I'm gonna write some of the New Testament. Hello, somebody. I thought God was trying, I thought the devil was trying to shrink me, but no, God was advancing me. Can I tell you that every obstacle you face this year is an opportunity for the glory of God to be revealed in your life. But if you spend your year going, well, they betrayed me and they did this to me and they ran down and I'm gonna, no, 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 I'm not focusing on what happened. I'm focusing on what actually. Somebody shout actually. Actually. I'm looking at the actually. I thought they were trying to put me in jail, but God was elevating me. I thought they were trying to shut me up, but then I found a piece of paper and a pen. And who knew 2,000 years later, they'd still be, some preacher would be shouting about it and yelling about it. This is what happened, but here's what actually was happening. And here's the deal. You don't see the actually overnight, though. It may take a month. It may take a year. You may get to this time next year and go, I still don't know the actually. But can I tell you something? That if God is true to his promise, then he is true that he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I wanna remind you that Israel was crying out to God for deliverance and God talked to Moses. God did not talk to Israel. Just because God isn't talking to you doesn't mean he's not talking to your deliverer. This may be happening, but actually what happened? I may be facing this, but actually. I'm praying by this time next year, though, you come back with the actually answer, that you come back with the actually miracle. When you come back and go, I know I put that on a prayer card, but actually what was happening is it was a setup for God to do the miraculous in my life. All right, let me get off that point. Number two, I'm gonna choose to look for the redirect. I'm gonna choose to look for the redirect. Paul said, as a result, as a result of this, me being in prison, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guards. So all the people that are guarding me, that have arrested me, and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Man, what a perspective. Because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul could have been like, but I'm the apostle. Where are you at, Jesus? Come through now, Holy Ghost. No, Paul, Paul's, Paul's going, all right, this is what happened, but here's what actually happened. And the more I look at it, God was not, not detouring me. He was redirecting me God was not sending me to a dead end. God was redirecting me for something even greater. He says, because I'm in chains, the believers have had a raise in confidence and are now proclaiming the gospel even more. 
In other words, I, I thought it was going one direction, but God decided to take it another direction and to God be the glory. Come on, this is what a living a surrendered life is all about. This is what living an open-handed life is all about. To go, God, I may have my plans. Man plans his ways, but how do many of you know God orders his steps? That the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And so God, I'm gonna look for the redirect. I'm gonna look for, I, I may have hit a brick wall, but I'm looking for the redirect. It may have not worked out the way I wanted to, but I'm looking for the redirect. I'm not gonna get stuck at the dead end hello somebody I'm gonna learn how to make a u-turn this year I'm gonna go maybe I should change the word from joy to flexible some of us get so rigid on God God I thought I'm it's the way it's supposed to go God's like no 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 I need you to be a little flexible I may move you left and then I may move you right and then I may move you left again and then I may move you right again people get all bent out of shape whenever God's redirecting people I'm not because God's doing a redirect can I declare over your life that you may have got stuck at the point of betrayal but God's doing a redirect this year that you may have got stuck at the point of bitterness but God's going to do a redirect in your life this year that you may have got stuck at the point as a loss of confidence but God's doing a redirect. Why would you camp out at the place of pain? Why would you camp out at the place of disappointment? Why would you set up house at the place of the hurts? Why wouldn't you go, God, redirect me from here. God, I'm open. God, I'm willing. God, I'm able. God, I'm available to you. Redirect me. Redirect me, God. Redirect me. God, if my chains cause others to have confidence, then I got a new win. I got a new scoreboard. The new scoreboard isn't my victory. It's the victory of other people you can have joy you can have joy when you're willing to be redirected you can have joy in your heart when you choose to look for it when you you can have joy when you stop focusing on what happened and you start focusing on actually what the devil meant for evil God's turning for good God what the devil meant for evil actually God turns for good no weapon formed against me will prosper. That's what's actually happening. I can't see the end from the beginning right now, but actually, I know the plans he has for me. They're to prosper me and not to harm me and to give me a hope. And are y'all tracking with me? Some of you need to start living off, get off of what happened and start living on the actually. And this book is full of the actuallys. Number three, choose to focus on what really matters. Can't control what happens to you, but you can choose how you respond to it. You can't choose what life throws at you, but you can choose how you respond to it. And you can choose what you focus on. And I'm telling you, joy will fill your heart if you choose to focus on what really matters. Scripture goes on to say, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry. And he says, but others out of goodwill. And the latter do so out of love. The ones that do it out of goodwill, he says, do it out of love. Knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. In other words, Paul's like, I'm in jail because I'm in, I've been preaching the good news. I mean, if any guy had a reason to not have joy, Paul is preaching the gospel and that's why he's in jail. Some of the things that happen in our life are the result of our choices. Paul's in jail because he was doing the right thing. He said, the former, those who do it out of envy and rivalry, he said, the former, they preach Christ out of selfish ambition. They're trying to get something out of it. They're not sincere. 
supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in change. He goes, but what does it matter? Can I ask you that? Whatever's robbed your joy, but what does it matter? In the scheme of eternity, I'm preaching to Daniel right now. What does it matter? Come on, don't you be reminded sometime of that question, but what does it matter? You really gonna let that rob your joy? He said, the important thing is this, that in every way, whether false motives or good motives, Christ is being preached. Paul said, I've got one aim and one mission. It's making a difference. And he said, because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Can I give you another way to think about the word rejoice? Rejoy. In other words, Paul is going, when I think about Christ being preached, which is what really matters to me. He says, I could focus on the fact that people are trying to cause me trouble in here. I could focus on the fact that some are doing it out of rivalry and ambition and not out of goodwill. I could focus on that. He goes, but what does that matter? In other words, what good is that gonna do me? What is it gonna benefit? What is it gonna produce inside of me? Nothing but anxiousness and bitterness and a lack of joy and it's gonna kill things. He goes, but no matter what their motive is, what I really want is happening, that's Christ being preached. And when I think about that, I rejoice. In other words, whenever I first heard it, I had joy. And when I think about it again, I rejoy. I rejoice and I continue to what? Rejoy. Why? Because I think about what God is doing in Christ. Can I tell you something? One of the greatest things you can do is rehearse God's goodness in your life and it'll cause you to rejoy the moments that he's done it in your life. Focus on what really matters. I'm gonna focus on that God saved me and changed me. And the moment he did it, I had joy. And when I think about it, oh, I read joy. And I think about the moment that he called me and the moment that he called me into the ministry, I had joy in my heart. And when I rethink about that, I rejoy the moment. And I think about when he filled me with the spirit and I had so much joy in my heart. And when I think about it right now, I rejoy and I'll keep rejoying. And I think about how he's been faithful through my life over and over and over again. The God that's been the faithful yesterday is faithful today and I can have joy tomorrow. Why? Because I know he's going to do it again. I will rejoice. I'll rejoice. And I would say to you this year, if you'll focus on what really matters, you can not only have joy, but you can rejoice. You can rejoy as you rehearse the things that really matter. Paul wrote that. He didn't write verse 15 through 18, when he got released. He didn't, he didn't stop at verse 14 and then go, when we get out, I'll finish this letter. When God turns it around, I love that. I'll preach those messages all day long. He's gonna turn it around. He's gonna work it in your favor, but I don't know when he's gonna turn it around. But are you gonna be bitter until he does? Are you gonna not have joy until he does? Are you gonna come out of the fire not smelling like smoke because Jesus walked through the fire with you and you determined, I'm gonna rehearse the faithfulness of God. I'm gonna rejoice in my spirit. I'm gonna have a joy that is unspeakable and full of the glory of God. 
So you get to choose what you focus on. You don't get to choose what happens this year. You do get to choose how you respond to it. And may our response be, I'm gonna rejoice and continue to rejoice in the Lord. Come on, do you receive the word today at all of our churches, at every campus? If you would pray with me, every head bowed, every eye closed. I ask that no one be moving around at any of our churches or any of our campuses. This is the moment where we hear a word, but then we get to respond to the word. You don't want to just hear a word and then run out and be like, that was good. But what is God saying to you? It's the moment where you get to, to pause and go, what's God saying to me about this? What is the point of application for me? And then for some of you, you can't have joy if you don't have Jesus. Because joy is not an event, it's a person. The joy of the Lord is where your strength comes from. And today, for you to have joy, you need to encounter the person of Jesus Christ. And the way that we encounter him, the Bible says that we've all sinned. That's not a condemning statement, it's the reality of the human condition. And that sin separates us from God. God never wanted it that way. And so he sent his only son, Jesus, into the earth. And he lived the perfect life that you and I could never live. And he died a death paying the penalty for our sin. And he says, if you'll confess him as Lord, in other words, he's in control. He's calling the shots. You're done doing life your way. He, you're gonna do life his way. And you'll believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's the resurrection. Then he says, you'll be saved. And so today I wanna to invite you into a relationship. We're not inviting you to join this church, not inviting you into a religion, inviting you into a relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. And with him comes unexplainable joy. So if you say, Pastor, that's me today. I need that fresh start today. I need a new beginning in Christ. Maybe, maybe you're listening today and you would say, you, you, would, you would take the title of Christian, but you know in your heart you're far from God. That maybe it's cultural, maybe it's family, but you know it's not personal. Today's your day, this is your moment. So we're gonna pray together as a church in just a few moments. Before we do, I wanna know who I'm praying with. No one looking around, only myself or your lead pastor or your campus pastor. When I get to three, just want you to shoot your hand up high enough, long enough for us to see, and then we're gonna pray together. This is your moment. This is why God has you here today. You're gonna encounter Jesus, and he's gonna fill you with joy. So on three, you shoot your hand up if that's you. One, two, three. Shoot it up high enough, long enough. Let me just see. God bless you. Bless you all over the room. I believe at every campus, every church. Everyone, you can put them down. Church, let's pray this out loud and all of our family churches, all of our campuses. Let's pray this for the benefit of those who just slipped their hand up. Say out loud, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning. I receive your joy. 
in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate those. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.